You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Well, Mac Miller coming into hour number two. We love it. A little Pennsylvania love there, actually, from Pittsburgh. As we go down to talk to our next guest. Who's not from Pittsburgh, but he's at the other end of the state. The state. It's the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. We go down to talk to Frank Suravali, our Sports 960 NHL insider. Brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Good morning, Frank. How are you doing, pal? R.I.P. Mac Miller. Yes, sir. Rest in peace. Uh, You know what's interesting? You mentioned the Philly Pitt connection. Yeah. And the year the Flyers played in the Winter Classic, uh, I believe it was, they did the the run up to it HBO. And that's when we found out that Mm -hmm. their their win song was Mac Miller, Knock Knock. And it was weird having a Pittsburgh guy as the Flyers theme song. Song's a banger, though. It's a good win song. It's pretty good. That I can, that'll say. Um, Frank, I, I wanted to ask you this, um, just because this kind of dovetails from a conversation that we were having earlier on our show, and not necessarily relevant to today, but kind of the world juniors, um, and it's about scouts. You know, we were talking about the the scout who went to Russia, the scout Pavel Datsuk, uh, Hokan Anderson was his name. We didn't even remember his name off the top. We were saying the scouts don't get enough love. It's a really, um, it, it's a job that you really got to love the sport to be a scout, hey? It's, it is incredibly difficult. Um, you're spending a lot of nights in cold rinks in the middle of nowhere, traveling by yourself for the most part. And then after all of that said and done, the biggest thing you need to have as a scout is conviction and courage to support whatever it is that you believe in, because you're essentially putting yourself out there and your job on the line. If you consistently enough bet on the wrong players. And if you bet on the right ones, then you can make a really nice living for yourself. But otherwise, it's a lot. A lot of it is a grind, and and you may put in all the work, and your team may trade all your draft picks, yeah. or you may put in your work, and your scouting director or your GM doesn't believe you or doesn't trust your opinion. So it can be a brutally tough job. It's it's if you're obsessed with hockey and you love it, it can be an awesome job, but. <laughs> it can also be probably pretty disheartening. Yeah, especially we got uh, winter meetings coming up or January meetings for a lot of scouting staffs and GMs when everyone brings all their work to the table and we show our projects and we see who passed and who failed and all that jazz. Uh, A fun time of year for teams, I'm sure. Wanted to ask you about the World Juniors, though, because it's underway and it it was kind of the the genesis of this conversation. There are a lot of draft-eligible prospects that are playing in this tournament this year in particular. Uh, Maybe, I guess, just uh, initially a thought on the America-Canada game yesterday. Another doozy between uh, these two rivals in the semifinal bracket. I'm going to put on my Team USA jersey for a second (laughs) and, and just lament the two goaltender interference calls. And there's a reason I put them in quotes when I tweeted about it, because it's funny the reaction that I got from a lot of people on social media saying, hey, the first one, yeah, we'll give you that. That one was a little bit chintzy. The second one, they were like, oh, that one's like, are are you blind? That one's cut and dry. And I'm like, go back and look at the clip. The goalie makes a toe save. The whistle does not yet blow. The player has every right to be there and to bang away at it because the whistle hasn't blown and the puck's there. In what world is that goaltending interference? 
Yep. So anyway, that was my uh, my my two second rant on that. And otherwise, honestly, as well as um, Team USA played and they really controlled play for a large stretch of the game. Mm-hmm. There was a pretty impressive performance in net by Milic that really set Canada apart. Yeah, and I think that was really the thing that when we went back and looked at it, like I was, oh, 45 shots for the Americans. Like he was massive as that game went on. And I think that there's a lot of goaltenders in this tournament who have really impressed, like the Czech goaltender who's going to be playing in the gold medal game today, like between Milic and Suchanik. There's a there's some intriguing guys playing between the pipes in this turn. Augustine was also outstanding, I would I would argue. Yeah, no doubt. And the goaltending has been good and I'm really fascinated to see what this gold medal matchup looks like just mm-hmm. because I think both teams, the Canada and the US wanted a shot at the Czechs. Um now they've got it and they're in a spot where I'm sure Canada's going to enter as the favorite. I haven't looked at the odds, but there's a real reason to pick the checks based on the way that they've played to this point uh frank uh away from the uh, world juniors uh to the team here in our neck of the woods the calgary flames uh 17th one goal loss there on wednesday or rather on tuesday to the winnipeg jets uh getting ready for the islanders on friday uh what's uh what's your read on this club right now it's it's feels like late games they're having some issues that one mistake uh really costs them sometimes yeah, what was Daryl Sutter saying after the game? It feels like the same story over and over again. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it what it has been. And I guess if you can say anything about the Flames to this point as we near the halfway point of the season is they've sort of been consistently inconsistent in that realm. Um, you're, you're sort of waiting for them. And I think a lot of people around the team, I think probably even the players itself, they're, they're waiting for the switch to flip for this team to suddenly take off. And I think we've all seen glimpses of that over the last number of weeks. Like you've seen Jonathan Huberto come alive and begin to make those plays again. And you've seen Mackenzie Weger get a little bit more comfortable and the goaltending has been a little bit better, but it hasn't all come together at once. It in an odd way, it kind of reminds me of, my my golf game if if i can hit the green then i can't drive the ball if i can do all those things then i can't putt they're not it's not all coming together at the same time and that can be really frustrating i think this deadline is going to be enormous um in terms of trying to bolster this team and look there's no excuses i think everyone expected this team to be more dynamic than they've been and to not make the playoffs this year to be hovering right around that eight, nine spot is not what anyone had envisioned at this point. Uh, a team that uh, the flames will see on their upcoming road trip has a, as a player on your first edition of the 2023 trade targets board. And that's Matthias Ekholm of the Nashville predators. Uh, what's, uh, what's the story with Ekholm and uh, anything else you can t- uh, tell us from your, uh, from the first edition of the, the new year? Yeah, I think that caught some people by surprise. They were saying, like, why Ekholm in the first year of a yeah. four-year deal? And the reason for that is just look at the standings. The Preds have regressed back to a level that I think a lot of people saw them being at last season before they got career years from a number of guys. And they signed Ekholm last October really to avoid this exact situation, which is essentially him being on the market, yet 
This team has some really uncomfortable questions to ask about the direction and their future. They're, they now have three players on their back end. If you include Ekholm, the guy they traded for in the summer, Ryan McDonough and Roman Yossi, all averaging out to more than $6.5 million a piece. And that's a lot. That's for a team that has some term and contract issues up front. There may be some value in Ekholm. And I'm told the Preds are in a spot where they're ready and willing and, and are going to have to consider a lot of different things as they come down to the deadline but I believe they've engaged with a few teams in conversation on Ekholm in particular that, um, you know, has really made it interesting. Frank Suravalli from Dealey Faceoff joining us. We're talking about his uh, first edition of the 2023 trade targets board here as the deadline approaches on March the 3rd. And we're talking about the Predators, a team that's only four points out. What about the Blues? Only three points out, and it sounds like... If it's a UFA, it might be on the table, and not just the guys like Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko. What could we see happen in St. Louis over the next little bit here? Yeah, I think they're also open for business. Um, these injuries are probably going to cement them as a non-playoff team, not that their play to this point hadn't. And by the way, how weird is the Flames' schedule with those two days, weird. two games in St. Louis next week? It's kind of like baseball-style-esque. Yeah. Okay, we're going to set up shop here for a few days. Uh, really strange. But um, with regard to the Blues, you're right, not just O'Reilly and Tarasenko. Those are the obvious guys. But I think when you look at Ivan Barbashev, who's also on my trade targets board, mm -hmm. uh, there's a defenseman, Miko Mikola, that is, uh, is going to garner some attention as well. Uh, they've got to consider a lot of different things too. And their big thing is to set the table for next season and the summer because – they're not going to be one of those teams. They're probably too talented with guys like Cairo and Thomas and Braden Shen is locked up for a long time. Uh, Tori Krug is as well. They're not going to be a team that has an opportunity to bottom out. So they need to try and aggressively retool if they can. And Doug Armstrong, their GM, has shown that he's capable of doing that. He's taken some of those pieces that he's gotten uh, when trading away a player, whether it's Paul Stasny or Kevin Shattenkirk, and he's taken those assets in that same summer, then flipped them to improve his team with some additions on the trade market as opposed to free agency. So that's their playbook, and that's what I'd imagine they'd be after again this time around. I was having a chuckle yesterday as I was perusing Twitter, and there was an NHL on TNT clip. Uh, I believe it was from an intermission interview with Dylan Larkin where Paul Bizonette basically asked him, are you going to re-sign in Detroit in a breathless interview in the middle of the intermission? I was watching that live. I loved it. Um, do you do you have any details on what could happen with Dylan Larkin, um, maybe from conversations that aren't on national TV? I, I don't, and, and I think his awkwardness speaks to... In answering the question, if you haven't seen the clip, he was basically like, hey, look, like, I've got to play a game in 15 minutes here. Uh, and then was like, can I go now? And they were like, yeah, like, like, it was basically like, you're released. Like, you can leave the table after dinner's over, old school style. Um, it was it was very awkward. I think they had fun with it and played it off well. But um, I think it's a delicate spot. Dylan Larkin is not just their captain and has been through a lot with this Detroit franchise through some really thin and meager years, a lot of losing, but he's also a Michigan native who has almost exclusively played his entire 
career mm. from minor hockey all the way through to the NHL in Michigan. He's a Detroit kid. So what happens next? He's probably looking at a pretty massive extension in terms of dollars uh, and term. And I think the Detroit Red Wings are in a spot where, yes, he's been a huge part of what they want to do and they desperately need centers. And they, they you saw they worked to get Andrew Kopp in the summer as sort of the the perfect second line guy. Yeah. But they also need to sign some of these other young guys that have been really good. Like Morris Sider is going to need a deal and Lucas Raymond's going to need a deal. And this all goes into the equation of how do you make the, the cap work? No doubt that the Red Wings have played hardball to this point, because if they hadn't, he would have been signed. And I wonder who's going to blink first. Is it Steve Eiserman or is it Dylan Larkin? Does he ultimately just get frustrated enough that he just says, okay, fine, move me um, because I'm not coming back and we're not going to be able to make this work. And there's now 58 days before the deadline to figure it out. Frank, were you, uh, were you shocked that uh, Jacob Vrana was unclaimed yesterday? I was not. Yeah. Um, that was my prediction heading in that he wouldn't get claimed. I think there's a couple things in play. One is the fact that he's only 18 days removed from the player assistance yeah. program where my understanding was he underwent treatment for a substance abuse issue. Um, and so while they like to keep those things private, I think that's one of those things that probably scared teams off. They don't know what the current status of, of him is. And then the other thing is just a pure dollars and cents cap thing. One more year left on his deal at 5.25. No one wants to give out free passes in this league. Mm -hmm. No one wants to let a team off the hook with a contract that, um, you know, and, and then take that on in full yourself. I'd imagine since clearing waivers that there's been a number of conversations between the Red Wings. And I've talked to at least a couple of teams who have been internally considering the idea of potentially proposing a trade to try and grab him, uh, hoping that Detroit might be willing to retain yeah. a little bit. But that's sort of where things stand at the moment with Verona. Uh, some uh, injury updates, uh, one bad and a couple good ones. Uh, first off, Bruins dealt a massive blow with Jake DeBrusque. Obviously, they've accumulated a ton of points that maybe the DeBrusque injury won't hurt them as much, but he's playing some of the he's playing the best hockey of his career, the, the two goals in the Winter Classic, but he's going to miss some time here with a fractured fibula. Yeah, that's certainly a tough blow for the Bruins and for DeBrusque specifically because – you think about how lost that guy was, uh, a player who was obviously really talented, 27 goals in his sophomore season. Uh, he puts up 25 last year, a lot of them sort of in garbage time at the end of the year mm -hmm. uh, as he got hot. And then had that trade request, Bruce Cassidy leaves, he rescinds the request, and this year has just been lights out good, 16 goals already before the halfway point, 30 points in 36 games. And you mentioned the two goals in the Winter Classic. He actually fractured the fibula before those two goals wow. were scored and played through it. So um, just they, the Bruins, they didn't even know he was hurt, huh. to be honest, until he came into the locker room after the game. He did the post-game interview, nothing. So tough kid and a tough spot for, uh, for the Bruins now. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, not so much an alarm from any sort of standings perspective, but I wonder how long he's going to be out. Is it the typical six to seven week time frame? And obviously, if, if so, that doesn't give you much LTIR flexibility to go out and spend that money. But 
if it's longer than that, kind of makes you wonder what kind of options the Bruins might have at their disposal. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, uh, who are uh, trying to chase down the Boston Bruins, they're set to get a, a boost with Max Pacioretty being activated off the non-roster list. Uh, he's still on pace to come or, uh, to return around the All-Star break? He's, I think he's actually closer than that. Okay. Um, I think we were talking like days. Wow, okay. Uh, they did activate him, and I know there was a chance that they were hoping he would play before the new year. Uh, that was sort of the target for a while. So we're talking days now for Pacioretty. It's, it's pretty close. And that's a pretty big addition. You mentioned oh, yeah. Verona, and one of the big stat you know, lines that was floating around out there was goals per 60 minutes over the last number of years. And Verona was actually second in the league in goal production based on minutes played. A guy who's, I think, seventh is Pacioretty. And if you take all the time that he's missed in Vegas with the injury – uh, a number of injuries over the last few years that were certainly frustrating. He averaged a 37 goal pace over his four seasons in Vegas. When you, you know, compute that out over 82 mm-hmm. games. So when he was in the lineup, incredibly productive um, and a, a nice shot in the arm for a hurricanes team that is so deep and complete, but is really kind of missing that superstar difference maker. And I'm wondering if he can be that. And if not, do they go out and try and get one up front? Um, before the deadline happens. Is there anything that the Hurricanes have to do cap-wise with, with the Anderson injury to get uh, Pacioretty in the lineup, or are they good? Nope, they're good. They have the ability to activate him right now. Um, he's actually been activated, yeah, yeah. and they still have some cap space to go. So, um, yeah, they're in a good spot. Uh, and then the last one, Jack Eichel set to return probably tonight for Vegas. Uh, he's missed quite a few uh, games here, but obviously Vegas hasn't really missed him. They're still 26-12-2, set to get Jonathan show back as well. Yeah, they're uh, they're in a great spot moving forward. And, and Eichel, when he's played, hasn't played since uh, December 9th, so almost a month, has been awesome. 29 points in 27 games and um, has really been good. And I think what's amazing about Vegas as they've withstood some of these injuries is you know that team is active when it comes to the deadline. Oh, yeah. You know that they're going to be out there fishing for whatever they can do to improve their team. And as I was going through my trade objectives, uh, I have a story coming out focusing on the Western Conference today. I worked through all 16 Eastern Conference teams yesterday on dailyfaceoff.com. And the objective for them is a left-shot defenseman. There's should be a number of them available. I'm curious to see what they might be able to fit under their cap, what their injury situation looks like then. Uh, But they've got um, a really talented team that's been consistent. They've gotten great goaltending from Logan Thompson, and uh, they're in a good spot. Frank, last one for you. NHL to increase fan input for the All-Star Game roster selections. Uh, Who's going to be the John Scott that gets into this thing? See, that's what I've been asking myself for the last, you know, 18 hours since I saw the story. Do you guys have a suggestion? Like, who is who is the <sighs> most ridiculous pick that you could make? Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves. But he's such, like, a notable name. Like, he's, he's a got notable a celebrity name. Yeah. around him. Um, kind of a goofball, too. I'd like to yeah. nominate Michael Stone if we're staying close to home. <laughs> How about that? That'd be a good one. Seventh Does defenseman? he have the shot. To... He's got a shot competition. He's, he's, he's quirky, I would say, in his press conferences, and he can absolutely rip a, a, a slap shot, so that'd be cool. 
so quirky. Okay. We need like a we need a star personality. Like if you're gonna do okay. that, like John Scott, I, I was there in, in Nashville, that whole thing was so magical. Um but what? John Scott played it perfectly. What about the burger eater himself, Curtis Lazar? Ooh, that's still one of the grossest things that's ever happened. <laughs> like I cannot believe that he picked that thing up and ate it. And the hamburger's gone. He retired. Yeah, he's gone, so you can't do him. David Riddick, backup goalie in Winnipeg? Get Hellebuck and Riddick in. <laughs> oh, no, you can't do that. <laughs> okay. I'm, can't do I'm that. out of suggestions now, but those are the three I've, I've come up with off the top of my head. All right, well, I'm going to give you a homework assignment, so next time we talk, we'll see what, what we can drum up. All right, deal. Uh, next Thursday work for you, around 7 o'clock yeah, uh, Mountain just- Time? Uh, uh, right on cue. Perfect. <laughs> Love it, Frank. Thanks, buddy. You're in my calendar. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, See pal. You guys have a good one. Yeah, chat soon. Uh, that is Frank Cervalli from Daily Faceoff. His trade targets board is up on the website. Go check it out right now. And he is brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit South Trail Chrysler dot com. Got a suggestion on the text line. Yep. Uh, Jesse Pool Party from the Jesse Pool Party. Yeah. I know that guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fun guy. Great smile. Yeah. Is he good at interviews? Or is he, like, kind of quirky, too? Like, I don't I don't know he's if got, I... Do they interview anybody apart from Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Jay Woodcroft in Edmonton? It feels like no. <laughs> hmm. Maybe Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman get a spin in the spotlight every once in a while? Well, maybe RNH. Maybe. 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 Most important player on the team. Longest um, serving player on the team. <laughs> okay, that for sure. Mine, maybe not so much. Um, we'll take a break. We have to give you our big bets. Yeah. Um, your boys had a really good season. They're rolling here, coming on. 41 and 31. Not too yeah. bad. How'd you guys do while we were away? Oh, yeah. yeah. GVP, he, he was undefeated. Really? 4 one baby. 4-0-1? We had our first push. Our first yeah. push all year long. He took Steelers minus three. They won plus by three. three. Or yeah, plus three. Plus three. They yeah, won yeah. by three. GVP, I'm so proud of you. Hey, thanks, man. Good job, uh, brother. It was actually a pretty good week for everybody. We did, not, we, we did pick the Monday Nighter. Obviously, that wasn't played as well. Um, so we left that blank. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Logo and I went three and two. But GVP, 4-0-1. Well done, fellas. Uh, we'll give you our latest picks. Six games of the big slate. I think George texted. And boy, his. there are some important ones. Yeah, we'll get George's picks in. We'll get old uh, Joe Pubic's picks in there, too. Yeah. That's as we continue. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the show. It's a big show in the morning. Uh, no George Rusick back at some point next week. We mm. continue to believe. My name's Matt Rose. He's Patty Dumas. Alex Brody's in the other room. GVP sitting in while uh, Georgie's away. <laughs> so we appreciate Apparently, GVP was very good with his NFL picks last week. Filling in, doing a little bit of pinch hitting. Yeah, not too bad. He did and well. Going to feel like perfect. Yeah, well, what would you go? Like 90%, like 900 win percentage, 401? Yeah. That's, you're making money, GVP. That's good. Yeah, there we you go. Know, you know, it's not 41 and 31 on the season like I am, but, you know. It's a good place to start. Let's get into the NFL Big bre- big Bets. It's brought to you by Sports Select. Ooh, careful. Whoa. Did you see Bob McKenzie have that slip yesterday no. on the broadcast? I don't want to get I'll into it. I'll define that one. It was good. Um, slot 
shots oh. was a little bit of a... Uh, okay. <laughs> it tripped him up a bit. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious. <laughs> NFL Big Bets is brought to you by Sports Select. Sports Select has more sports leagues, and for a limited time, better odds on over, under, and point spreads. Build your ticket over at sportselect.com. Spread it like peanut butter jelly. Spread it on. Do it like the money. The spread. What a spread. Before they spread. Spread your legs. Spread your legs. Spread around. Spread your wings. Spread it like. Alrighty. <laughs> Little Galantis always gets me fired up to make some big bets for Sports Select. Here's the deal uh, every week we pick six NFL games, and me, myself, I, Patty Dumas, George Russick, we'll pick part of the spread or part of the total. Uh, through 17 weeks, I am 41 and 31. Mm-hmm. George is 28 and 44. Yeah. And Patty has fallen just below 500 at 35 and 37. Yeah. Overall, we're having uh, some good, some average, and some bad. Let's get into it. We're going to pick one game from the Saturday slate. It's the Titans and the Jags. This this is a big one. The Titans need to win to get into the playoffs. The Jags can still get in if they lose, but they would need a lot to fall their way. Basically, if you win this game, you win the division, you get to go Mm -hmm. to the playoffs. Jags favored by six. The total's at 40 and a half. Patty, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to go to the Jaguars. That's I know it's a little bit big. I thought yeah, six points, but it's still Joshua Dobbs will be starting for the Titans. Uh, they'll get Derrick Henry back, but Jacksonville's playing some of the best football I've seen them play, uh, at least it's Trevor Lawrence's incarnation. A big big credit to, to Doug Peterson as well. Travis Etienne had a, had a touchdown as well. That running game, three different running backs scored a touchdown last week for the Jaguars. Uh, it's a big one. Jacksonville. Trying to get back to the playoffs for the first time since 2017, I believe, and they lost to the AFC Championship with the Patriots. Uh, Jaguars to cover the six. Uh, for George this week, uh, because he's away, Melancholy Malcolm wasn't available. He was been on a bit of a bender. He was face down in a ditch. <laughs> we don't want to get into Ooh. it. He'll be fine. He'll be back eventually. But uh, instead, Sarah Sharp is bringing us Georgie's picks. Sarah. Sarah, what, what did George do for the Titans and the Jags? The Jags offense is firing on all cylinders right now, and King Henry should be back for the Titans. I'll take the total to go over. The total to go over 40 and a half. She sounds like she's just out of university. She's quite young. Does not sound like a robot at all. No, that sounded like a real human. <laughs> like we actually got that recorded. That's kind of impressive. Uh, for this, for me, I am going to go. Mm, I'm going to go with the total as well. I do think the Jags win this game, but I wonder if desperation sees us be close. I don't love this line. I'm feeling the over. It's set at 40 and a half. It's relatively low. They scored 58 points between the two teams back on December 11th when they last met. The Jags defense has only allowed six Mm -hmm. points over their last two games combined, but I feel like that's going to change even if the Titans haven't been able to put up more than 14 in their last three weeks. I'm taking the over, although I don't hate the plus points for the Titans here as well. Huge game between the Ravens and the Bengals, or so we think. It really depends on what happens with the Bengals and the Bills game. Um, But nevertheless, Cincinnati favored by seven points. The total for this one is at 41 and a half. Patty, what are you doing? Uh, division's on the line here as well with the AFC North between the Bengals and Ravens. Uh, because we assume that Bengals-Bills game will not be replayed. Um, so you know what? I'm going to go. Uh, the best team in the league this year against the spread has been the Cincinnati Bengals. They're 12-3. and 
against the spread this year. Who day? Yeah. It's uh, a big reason why I'm 41 and 31, just betting these guys blindly. Yeah, Balt- uh, Baltimore is just not a... They just aren't the same without Lamar Jackson. As much as Tyler Hundley is similar in, in, in style of play, he's not Lamar Jackson. I think the Bengals, they've got the talent here to cover that seven. Sarah, what does George want to do with the Bengals and the Ravens? Way too much of an emotional roller coaster for the Bengals for obvious reasons this week. I hate myself for doing this, but take the Ravens plus the points. Yeah, I actually hate this as well. Um, honestly, I'm going to pick the Bengals because I'm going to stay with my guns mm-hmm. and go who day minus seven. But in actuality, I don't know if I'm going to play that line. Um, I would be more intrigued to play an under or maybe find an alternate spread on the Bengals, yeah. something a little slighter, like a minus three and a half. Yeah, it feels like a touchdown is still a lot as good as Baltimore, as good as the Cincinnati emotional roller coaster, is. man. Like I don't, I don't know. This is going to be a strange game. It's a huge one for both teams. Yeah, it's 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 it is it's because this division is on the line here, and that's yeah. that's that's a home playoff game for somebody. And Baltimore gets that; they get Lamar Jackson back. That's 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 a different team come postseason. But yeah, Bengals. Do the seven there for me. All right, I'm going to go with the uh, who day Bengals, uh, Giants, and the Eagles. Big NFC East clash. The Eagles, huge favorites in this one. 13 and a half point spread. We don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be back. The total set at 43 and a half. Dumont, what are you doing? I wonder how much uh, we see of Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and the, and the and the key players for the New York Giants. But also, I'm like Brian Dable. Hell, ruin this the Philadelphia Eagles season. Do it. Do it. Do it. Go out and do it. Uh, so I'm going to – that's a big spread. I'm gonna, like, I think the Giants can cover the 13 and a half at least. Sarah, what's George doing here? The Eagles need this game to clinch the top seed in the NFC and Jalen Hurts should be back. Giants are in and could be resting players. Take the Eagles minus the points. Oof. <sighs> 13 and a half is a lot. I'm it- taking the points. Eagles are going to win this game, but I'm taking the points, especially – because, like, I don't, I don't know if we're going to see a lot of Kayvon Thibodeau doing his snow angels in Next the Philly to an backfield. Injured Nick Foles <laughs> hurts limited on Wednesday, <laughs> so we really don't know if he's going to be playing. Thirteen and a half points is just way too many for me. I mean, limited is good. It's better than not practicing at all on a Wednesday. And uh, if he goes today through for warm up or if not, and warm-up listen, you don't want to lose three straight going into the playoffs. No, but and, uh, like, you want to like, force him back. I, it's also it was around. Uh, the game against Green Bay where they ran all over them. Mm. It was that game for the Eagles defense where they shifted from really, really good passing and running defense to just a really good run defense. Their pass defense in the last month and a half has not been very good. So they could be very well. Um, so they need that bye week for sure. But, you uh, and me both taking the Giants plus 13 and a half. Georgie on the other side, he's taking the Eagles. We got the other matchup in this division. It's the Cowboys and the Commanders. Dallas minus seven and a half points. The total is set at 41 and a half. Patty, what are you doing? Sam Howell is going to start for Washington in this one. They're down Sorry, who? Sam Howell. He was their draft pick um, in this past uh, past uh, April's draft. How do you Carolina. spell Howell? Is H-O-W-E-L-L? it just O W E L L? I'm still looking for that just wolf howl. That would be good. Anyways, as you were. You know what? It's just, I like the over. It's a 41 and a half. Uh, Cowboys offense has been cooking here uh, of late here. I know their defense, uh, not the greatest, but uh, figured it a little bit against the Titans. Commanders, Ron Rivera didn't even know they could have been eliminated last week. Feels like he was checked (laughs) out why he started Carson Wentz. 
Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like they get a quarterback there in the offseason in Washington. It's going to be a pretty good team, but, but not right now. Uh, I'm going to go with the over, though, 41 and a half. George, via Sarah, what are you doing here? The Cowboys have a shot at the top seed and division, and the Commies are starting Sam Howell at QB. Take Dallas minus the points. Dallas they minus a new seven and a half. This week here, the, the Commanders actually are they? Yes, they. Uh, well then, yeah. let, it's I'm a, all on board then. It's a, it's, no. a, it's a, it's name's General, and it's like a pig. It's it's like a, an army, like it's an army general, and it looks like a pig. Good. Yeah. Really good. I'm taking the under here. It's 41 and a half. Ah, Major Tutty. That's his name. Major Tutty. Like touchdown. Yeah, no, I... Major Tutty. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Very, very... It's very hip. That's what the kids say. <laughs> yeah. Tutty. And the, the mascot's for the kids. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the under here. I don't, I don't have a lot more to add. I think that you can see a little bit of a grinded out type of effort. Washington with a chance to kind of put a little bit of a pin in the bubble of the season for the Cowboys and make their playoff journey a little bit more difficult. They go to, the if they lose, they got to go to play Tom Brady. Rams <laughs> and the Seahawks. Right now, Seattle favored by six points. Totals 41 and a half. Yeah, you know what? Um, don't like Seattle of late. Uh, I know they beat the Jets last week, but they have not been playing all that great. Uh, they might win this game, but I, I think the Rams with Baker Mayfield, uh, it's been an up and down. Every other week, the Rams play good. This would be a good week. That's my logic in this one. Rams to cover the six. Seahawks need a win and a Packers loss to get into the wild card spot. We'll get to the Packers in a second, but this is a big game. If you are the Hawks, the Rams, not so much, unless you're someone who's you know playing for a job next year or the year after. They got a lot of injuries, so that's certainly relevant. Mm-hmm. What is George going to do here, Sarah? Seattle needs to win, and the Baker magic seems to have worn off in L.A. Plug your nose and take the Seahawks <laughs> minus the points. Yeah, it's a brutal. Game. It's it's a brutal. It's line. like the Jags. I don't yeah. like this line no. whatsoever. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the points. Uh, second underdog on my card. Seahawks have been up and down recently. It hasn't been great, but they still have a chance to sneak in. I'm still just going to take those six points for the Rams and, and hope for a, a close game here. We'll wrap it up with the Lions and the Packers. Your pack, Patty, a chance to get into the playoffs, but they need yeah. uh, they need the result. Yeah, uh, somehow they've uh, figured this thing out uh, <laughs> from where they were. Packers are favored by four and a half points. The total's 49 and a half, a big one. Yeah, uh, I think Lambeau Field is going to play a massive role in this one. Uh, Detroit on the road in Lambeau, not a good recipe. Uh, give me the Packers to cover that four and a half. I assume George is cover, but to take the, to take four the four and a half. half. I assume that George is going to be doing something similar, but uh, Sarah, can you confirm or deny? Let's ride with the Lions, getting 4.5 points here. Let's Too go. many not to take a shot with Detroit. Love it. I'm also jumping on Dan Campbell and the Knee Biters. Uh, an opportunity <laughs> to get into the postseason for this group and to do it at Lambeau Field. I think this group is going to be all sorts of charged up for this game, and I'm going to take them with the plus 4.5 points. I think that even if they don't win, they can at least keep it close. But boy, do I hope they win. I'd love to see Dan Campbell in a playoff po- postgame game press conference that would be awesome those are our sports select picks six games if you miss some of them go grab the podcast google spotify apple amazon you name it you can get the podcast wherever you get your favorites your music podcast whatever big show in the morning we got the little logo with the calgary tower and the saddle dome on it Mm -hmm. 
Give us a nice rating if you feel like you're so inclined as well. We wouldn't hate that. It's our big bets for Sports Select. More sports leagues and for a limited time, better odds on over-under and point spreads. You can build your ticket over at sportsselect.com. we got a couple of minutes here uh, ahead of uh, the, the snow show. And we're going to open up the uh, third hour. Jason Bukula is going to join us. We're going to talk a little bit about the World Junior Tournament. Um, Canada played Czechia, what was it, 10 days ago on yeah, Boxing, Boxing Day, Day. Yep. and lost. What has changed in Team Canada to get to this point that t- makes you believe that they're going to be in a better position mm-hmm. to go out and bring home the gold medal later on today? That's going to be a 4.30 start. The bronze medal game between Sweden and the Americans will go at 12.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, honestly, I'm just fired up for this gold medal game. Flames are off, so it's kind of honestly kind of perfect. The yeah. Flames have had two days off here. Yeah. Semis and then the final. And our our, our good pal uh, Peter Labardius is out there uh, with his son. He is watching the game, and I mean, I just love how the the, the Flames schedule played into his uh, his role here. They they played a uh, an early game on Tuesday against the Jets. Gets out to Halifax for the semis and the gold medal game, and he's back here on Friday to call the Flames and Islanders here. So sometimes it works out. It works not out always, perfect. not often, but that is a perfect. But sometimes it does work out. Yeah. The Flames will practice this morning. They got a 10-15 practice. I, uh, yesterday was an off-ice session. I, I brought this up to Logo yesterday. I wonder if we see maybe some new lines, possibly, mm-hmm. for Friday. Why do you say that? It just, uh, it just feels like to just get... Th- the, they, things have been a bit stale, maybe? Yeah, it, it's, the same, it's been the same style of game since out of Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's been the same... Yeah, Four games. Four games. It's been Two wins, s- two losses, all one-goal games. Same style. It's, it's, it's time now. You, you, you see, uh, where are they? They are uh, one point back of Seattle uh, for the third spot in the Pacific. Edmonton's there. Uh, could leapfrog them possibly tonight. Uh, Colorado is there as well. So it's going to be a fight. And I think it's, it's maybe time. You, I don't know what you do, but I think, I think we might see some changes here. You, you know what? You bring up a good point as far as I don't know what you do necessarily. Uh, the one thing we do know is Brett Ritchie probably still going to be on the shelf, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be shocked if we see Radim Zahorna playing with Rizicka and Trevor Lewis on a, a fourth line. And I thought they, they with this team Zahorna was fine there on the fourth line. I got nothing, yeah. no wrong, no problem yeah. there. And the third line, you're not gonna I don't think you want to mess up that third line. It's 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 still something in that top six just isn't right. Whether it's Lucic, whether it's Again, maybe, I, I'm, I'm what, trying maybe to figure a, out. <laughs> maybe a Ruzicka bump, swap with Lucic. Zahorna plays the middle of the fourth, and then you just slide Lucic over to play with. Because I thought Ruzicka's and... game has been a little bit better of late, playing on that fourth line. Obviously, not playing a, uh, as a as a vital role uh, against tougher competition and whatnot. It's just it just feels like they need a shake up here, and because like that's a team that the Islanders that is a well coached team, very tight defensively. I, 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 we joke about Thomas Grice, but it's like, no, he, he's a pretty good goaltender too. And that's a good defensive unit there in New York as well. So if you're looking for a similar style of game, that's probably what you're going to get. Um, I don't know. It just feels like something needs to just a little bit of a be changed. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of a bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could, I could get on board with that. 10 15 is when they're going to practice today. Uh, before we get to the snow show, I did just want to get into this as well. Um, just because our boy, Pat Steinberg, just grinding away oh, yeah. every day yeah. goes to the off-ice session what does he get one-on-one interview with blake coleman let's play that for you right now i just remember you saying last week you know the group needs to 
kind of get used to or maybe has gotten used to grinding out games and you've played in 24 one goal games so far this year i guess just where's the comfort level on being in close tight games i mean i think it's pretty high i think higher than it was maybe earlier in the year i think um <clears throat> obviously you look at overtimes things like that haven't been great for us um, but five and five you know ultimately we've been pretty good you look at last night we down a goal third period we were able to tie it up um you know, you just can't have that uh, that lapse after with five minutes left. So it's just we're closer, but not where we need to be yet. What in in those games? And Daryl always uses the term: "You better get comfortable being uncomfortable." What's what's important in one goal games, especially as you move into you know the third period, and and now you're getting down to crunch time. Well, I think you just have to have that emphasis on defending. I think um, not sitting back, but I think understanding that every play, every block, every clear. Um, matters you know it's uh especially when you get late in the game time becomes a factor and um you know tie games or up by one whatever it is you gotta uh your details just have to be uh have to be spot on and um you know just if one lapse and that's all it really was is one lapse and that's uh yeah. that's what cost us the game and yet you've had some games of late where it's gone the other way. You even look back to the Seattle game, and like it, it, it seems like you know those, those opportunities where you can execute, finish, it, it feels like maybe that's starting to, to turn in your direction. Do you feel that as well? Yeah, like I said, I think it's getting better. I think it's where we are now is better than where we were two months ago, and, and hopefully that trend continues, and where we are in two months is better than where we are now. So I think, like you said, we've been able to win some close games. Um, We've been able to hold leads a little better than we did earlier in the year. Uh, we just haven't done it quite as consistent as we need to. And, um, you know, the good news is uh, down the stretch we're going to be battle-tested for these games and we're going to have played in a lot of them. So, um, you know, as long as we keep building our confidence in that it'll be an advantage for us well and that's when you get when you get to final months of the season and and hopefully playing in the postseason can all these games is, is that something that you can use when games are even more important down the road yeah i think so i think um even last year you look at we had a lot of games that we were able to kind of cruise through and uh, obviously our top line you know would win some games for us things like that, that maybe we shouldn't have and um you know, at times it can actually hurt you down the stretch um, when you're not fully battle-tested and yeah. and comfortable playing in these tie games, late in games. And uh, like I said, I think you throw out the three-on-three um, and the shootout stuff, um, we feel pretty good about uh, where we're at in those games. Just a final thought. Like when you're when you're playing in games that, that seem to always kind of be hanging in the balance, just how nice would it be, I guess, to, to maybe have a few that you're able to, in the third period, be up a few? Because I, I would imagine it can be pretty taxing at times being in, in those really tight games. Yeah, it can be a grind, but uh, like I said, I think it's it's not necessarily a luxury we're going to have too often this year. Um, for whatever reason, it's just the way our, our makeup has been is to grind out games, and um, you know we have to be that much better and aware early in games of uh, not giving up you know good chances I think some slow starts have really mm-hmm. hurt us in in games this year and I think um, we just got to become more and aware, more and more aware of uh, of how important each goal against is because you know when you're scratching for offense um, that's the way you got you got to win games there you go Blake Coleman chatting with the man Pat Steinberg yesterday at a little bit of off ice session today back on the ice 10 15 you know where to find the lines. 
old Pat Steinberg's Twitter. Drag me, because Thomas Grice is the backup in St. Louis. Oh, did Patty make an error? I always... Uh, oh, that's Simeon Varlamov bad. is the backup in Long Island. Both old... Both old guys. <laughs> goaltenders. Has had a... Had Brett. Where was Grace? You said St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Back in a Bennington. And then Yarrow Halak is in New York. Yeah. Craig Anderson is in Buffalo. There are some old backups out there. Yeah. Still doing it. Still doing it. Um, but yeah, Grace and St. Louis, not on the island. Huh. Okay. The more you know. So who are we going to see tomorrow then? Probably Varlamov. Well, if Sorokin goes tonight, if Sorokin then goes today. Maybe they'll have a. He'll have an easy mat. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll get back. Sorokin back to back. Okay. Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do the, uh, the old snow show before we get to Jason Bukla. He's going to join us just around the corner. We're also going to talk some NFL Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker podcast and, uh, the even money betting podcast is going to join us at eight 30, but right now it's the snow show. It's brought to you by ski West with Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff. Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington or airport location today or head to ski west.ca. And man, there is some stuff on the go out of the mountains. Here's where we're going to start. And I will warn you, not a whole lot of new snow no, this past week around the lot. entire province, really. It's but been nice to go out skiing, though, not freezing your face off. Exactly. There could be some bluebirds this weekend, which, you know, it's... We're like seven degrees almost on, the, be on all the weekend. Right. It's going to be great. Be Here, Sunshine, one of three hills to get any snow in the last 24 hours, reporting about an inch of new snow with a 44-inch base. They've also got 102 of 145 runs open in all 11 lifts. A couple of events this weekend at Sunshine. They got a monster energy sampling. Very fancy. That's going to be on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, they're going to celebrate Elvis Presley's birthday. So if you dress up like Elvis, you can get a discount on your lift ticket. Uh, details are on their website. They're expecting some fresh snow this weekend as well. A little closer to home at Nakiska. No new snow in the last 24 hours. They got a 29-inch machine-groomed base, 52 of 75 runs open, 5 of 6 lifts. Might be a couple of bluebird days out at Nakiska this weekend with mild temperatures, what, some sun, and some cloud. Day? It's when it's beautiful. Okay. Like You get the blue skies oh, out, right. that makes and sense. you can just like basically shred in a t-shirt. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, I've probably said that like five or six times already. Is that <laughs> good? Oh, it's a crutch. Nice. Uh, Norquay has a base between 34 and 52 inches. No new snow. All 60 runs open and five of their six lifts. Fun Friday planned up in Norquay. They have the stay and après wine tasting. Ooh. One of the many of uh, the ski tasting experience events that they're going to be doing at Norquay all year long. They also have the Norquay Beach Party with Mountain Joe in the evening. Mountain Joe. Uh, prizes for the best beach attire. That's going to be a blast, so make sure you check out their website for more details. That's at Norquay. Marmot Basin, 32-inch powder base. All 91 runs are open. Six of seven lifts. They got their Big Mountain Club and Mini Mountain Club ski and snowboard training programs. Those go all season, but they begin this weekend and go almost every week through March. Big Mountain Club for the kiddies, 6 to 14. Mini Mountain for the 4 to 6-year-olds. Absolutely adorable. I'm going to need that. What, do you have kids? No, I'm, I I personally need the mini mountain. Oh, I've never been. You're the child. Yeah, you're I'm the, the child. You'd be with the four to six I, Yeah, I'd be with the four to six. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. At Lake Louise, about a half... Actually, I got something else for you. Hold oh. on to this. All right. Uh, about a uh, half inch of fresh snow at Lake Louise, 28 to 36 inches of packed powder on the base, 103 of 164 runs open, all 11 lifts. Not a ton of events this weekend, but they are doing never ever days back next week. It's the ultimate beginner's package for anybody learning to ski or board. How about Ooh. this? A rental... A lift ticket and a lesson for 25 bucks plus tax. Come on. 
Not kidding. They're doing it on the 9th and the 10th. Check out the Lake Louise website to register and learn more. And finally, last but certainly not least, one of my favorites, Castle Mountain and the T-Bar. About an inch of new <laughs> snow in the last 24 hours. They got all their trails open. Five of these six lifts. Busy weekend at Castle 2. They're doing ski-mo races all weekend, which Damn. is ski mountaineering. Okay. Basically climbing mountains on skis or carrying skis. Yeah, it's for pretty intense people. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Alpenland has a demo day Saturday, and they got an on-mountain scavenger hunt Sunday morning and events every night at the T-Bar. Go have yourself a shot ski with your buds. Woo. Listen to Rocky Mountain Fever tomorrow night. They got open mic on Saturday if you think you're some sort of comedian and musical bingo on Sunday night. So There's a lot happening out in those mountains. A lot going on on the mountains. Not a lot of snow, but a lot of good times. Where's Mountain Joe again? Uh, Mountain Joe is playing at Norquay. Okay. So, Banff. All right. Don't miss that. I will not. I'll see you there. Okay. Snow Show is brought to you by Ski West with Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff. Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington or airport location today or head over to skiwest.ca. Take a break. Books joins us next. Books, boots on the ground in Halifax. And like that a little alliteration for you? Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, right on. We'll talk about Triple it B. more around the corner. Sports at 960 The Fan.